0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trust the Tape,
1: episode 2.12.19. It's February 12th of 2019, is how I came up with that title. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook, Dane Brugler. So if you just type in the name Jeff Cavanaugh, C-A-V-A-N-A-U-G-H, you could find my Facebook page where you could Mm -hmm. hit the follow or the like button. Do some videos over there? Oh, I do all sorts of things, Dane. It's insane what I do over there. I'm trying to build my Facebook horde, my people. Okay. Because I don't have a 5,000 friend limit. I can mm. get as many as I want because it's like a different kind of page. That's how I roll. That's Dane Brugler from The Athletic, at DP Brugler. The greatest Morning. college football mind of all time. Is there anywhere where you want people to find you on the internet? Uh, Twitter's probably the best way. I
2: haven't really expanded my horizons when it comes to Facebook or the gram, as the kids call it. Oh, but, man, I um, love the gram. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just follow me on Twitter, DP Brugler, and uh, – uh, catch me on some podcasts, including this one. and
1: At, at Time Athletics. for Jeffrey on the gram. Yeah, check okay.
2: that out. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I yeah. need to, I'll check that out. I'm on Snapchat too, but I don't know how to work Instagram or Snapchat. So mm. I'm there, but I don't know how to work it. How you feeling today? Are you good? I'm Everything's good, good?
2: Good, tired. Why are you I, tired? Well, the other night, uh, my son, three-year-old son, comes running out of his room in tears. Just crying. As he's screaming. He looks at me. Says, Daddy. Because Kyler's
1: going to play football? He said, Daddy, I saw a snake. Oh God!
2: And I said, "Oh, okay. You know, it's okay. It's all right. It's just a bad dream." And ninety-nine percent sure is a bad dream, but it's that one percent might have seen a snake that sticks in the back of your mind. And so I, I put him in bed with his mom, and I went into his room and tore everything apart. I you know flipped the crib. There's a lazy boy in there. Turned that over. Took all the drawers out. All his clothes. Put the. Every, it's the middle of the night. I didn't sleep much that night because he just that one percent. In the back of your mind. And, you know, I've only seen a, a snakes a couple of times, like in our backyard when it rains a lot, because we have a, a a pond by us. And uh, so when it rains a lot, sometimes it, you know, it's only happened twice. But uh, I thought, you know, it's possible. There, it could be. And then yeah, the next day, my wife told me, or yesterday, my wife told me that uh, he had watched the Jungle Book the day before. Oh, no. So I'm, I'm hoping that's what it was. It was a bad dream, but you just never know. So
1: having a child makes you bra- more brave?
2: Because I don't be, think I would go looking. You got to be snake. dad.
1: I would say that's cool. We're all going to move out of that room. <laughs> yeah, uh, that room's I'm gonna, gonna stay, I'm gonna get,
2: gonna be empty. I'm going to get on the realtor, realtor on the phone, and um, yeah, we're going to get out. I, but I mean, time to we, get a bigger house. But what would your dad
1: have done? Oh, my dad would have gone right in there with a blowtorch exactly. and a shovel, and he would. Yeah. You have to be dad.
2: Yeah, you have to go in there and be dad. So I don't. I mean, you don't have kids, obviously, but you I know. held
1: a baby uh, yesterday. Really? Yeah, my buddy Pookie and uh, and his wife Mylene, they had a oh. they had a baby, and I I, I How'd that feel? I was at the hospital, and I held it. Oh, incredibly awkward, very <laughs> high pressure situation. It is. It's almost like the uh, the college running back thing. People want to know your fumble rate, <laughs> and it has to be zero. It has to. If, yeah. if you ever make a mistake with a baby, you're the bad guy for the rest of your life. So I don't like holding babies. When's the last time you held a baby? Yesterday, and before Besides that. that. You're not.
2: You're not experienced. Never. Like yeah. So you're not. It was a new experience for you.
1: Yeah, it was terrifying.
2: Yeah. It's like oh, I, I and imagine, I have to yeah. hold this
1: thing's head up. It can't even hold its own head. Yeah. Just, what are we doing?
2: Yeah. You can't move. Like once you're holding it, yeah, you can't. You're you're frozen stiff. It, don't, you don't bring wanna... me your
1: baby until it has its own neck and it can control where its Whoa. head goes. I don't want to hold it. Did you go to the hospital? Yeah. Okay. Well, then blame yourself. Yeah, that's a good point. I was all invited. Right. I didn't want to turn him down. That's hey, true. trust the tape. The greatest uh, college football and NFL draft podcast in all the land. Tell your friends. Where do you want to start today, uh, Kyler Murray? He's playing football. Why is it Kyler every week? Let's get the Kyler stuff out of the way. What about uh, DK Metcalf, Ole Miss wide receiver? His pictures on the internet. He, <laughs> he looks like he looks like an action figure. He looks like Thor. He <laughs> looks like the guy that beat up Thor. <laughs> like That's insane. I, but I mean, at some point, you have how to, is Ole Miss not being tested? Every receiver <laughs> there just looks like it looks like an Avengers trailer. Like <laughs> it's insane. His dad. Uh,
2: was an offensive lineman in the league for a lot of years. So, you know, it's, he's got the genes of a bigger man. He just doesn't have the, you know, the excess weight and body mass of, uh, you know, an offensive lineman. But I don't know. I mean, does that worry you at all? I mean, you're a former wide That's receiver. That's very big. Like At some point you have to worry about stiffness and, you know, the ability to transition out of your cuts. And uh, as a route runner, you want, you know, it's great that you're big and all, but I'd rather give me, you know, the dynamic route running of a, Calvin Ridley over a guy that's just physically imposing. Now, part of DK Metcalf what makes him so appealing is the athleticism. I Maybe mean, he's a freak. He's going to weigh in at you know plus 230 pounds and go out and run a 44, but that's in a straight line. And one of my problems with DK Metcalf is his uh, struggles as a route runner. Uh, he's just not very natural. And when you're that size, that's part of the reason why. So does that worry you at all with that size?
1: The first thing I thought when I saw it was, "Sweet Jesus, somebody help the corner who lines up to press this guy." Yeah, uh, that's but, fair. But then the second thing was like, "That's not a wide receiver build." <laughs> yeah, and it's—I mean, he's my wide receiver one at the moment, just because he's the first guy that I think I've ever written while watching him. Like, oh, Megatron vibes. Right, like he looks—it's the
2: his upside is just 230,
1: yeah. and runs like the wind. Hello, yep. that's a lot of fun. Uh, and I knew he I already knew he was strong. I didn't need to see his body to know he was strong because I think one of my notes was at the top of routes, he uses his right hand as like the hammer of Thor to create separation. Right. And he throws guys. Like he he does. he's just a big, strong, violent, fast. And he's got dude. the
2: wingspan where he's he can really He's a freak. Keep guys
1: away from him. He's um, a freak, but I don't know. I just like I yeah. don't is that the guy that you'd believe like whatever route we need to run on third and eight, like that dude will get separated. Well, if he throws somebody, he will. Right. If he toss somebody out of the way, I'll right. take him. Don't get me wrong. He can be on my team.
2: Well, where do you take him? That's going to be a big question. End of the uh, first
1: round. Well, and He's that's, healthy.
2: You know, if you need a wide receiver and you're picking at pick 16, is that too early for him? You know, I mean, that's, that's going to be the big question with DK Metcalf is where... It depends
1: on how you feel about everybody else right, in exactly. that round. I mean, I don't... Like, positional value, I think, matters. But at some point, I'm going to be like, okay, if I pick this guy... Is he going to be a good player? What's the odds he busts? Like, that's kind of the fun of the draft, right? Sure. If he's an edge rusher, it's like, well, what if there's a 50% bust chance? Does he go in front of a left guard who I'm 90% sure is a quality starter? Yeah. yeah it's fun.
2: Yeah, and with the defensive line group this year, you know, if a guy like Ed Oliver and Montez Sweater are on the board, I'm going with a defensive lineman probably and getting my wide receiver in the second round. So, you know, it's just the DK Metcalf discussion will be and same thing with Marquise Brown or Oklahoma. It's really going to be fascinating with those two because they're, first of all, they're so different in what, what they do and what makes them first-round players. But, uh, you know, just the conversation about where you feel comfortable drafting them, and that that's going to be something that is going to be different with every team. Uh, but back to Kyler Murray, Announced he's playing on Monday, football,
1: unless he doesn't, we but he's playing football. Think
2: so? He's announced it. He at least tweeted that he's 100 percent committed towards football and being the best NFL quarterback he could possibly be. You know, this is. I think it's good that he did this before the combine, so it kind of it downplays those questions. Um, you know, downplays any questions about whether he was going to show up for Oakland A's spring training here this week. Um, but he's going to get grilled and put through the ringer. Uh, during the interview process, at well, the he's combine. not going to
1: answer him. He's going to say, "Well, I already tweeted, guys. I'm I'm here for football."
2: And it's it's we Dad, were, Tell him, yeah, we <laughs> we're not going to be uh you know stuff behind closed doors that we're not going to see. That's going to be the big thing. Uh, just I don't know. I, he doesn't sound like he's going to be a great interview. And if I'm in the GM and you know I've got my head coach, my offensive coordinator, in the room, and I want you to convince me why you're the best quarterback and why we should invest in you and. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see how he can do that. Um, on the whiteboard, how does he do? And then at the combine, what you know, does he work out? Does he throw? You know, last year Lamar Jackson took a lot of heat for not running the forty and not really, you know, doing the agility drills, that type of thing. Um
1: which didn't really make any sense. Well, it makes sense. If you're really good at something, just go do it. It
2: made the sense well, yeah, it didn't make sense for Lamar Jackson. But the thing is is because he didn't train at all for it. You know, like he didn't have his mom represented him. You know, he didn't have the people behind him telling him to do the right things. And Kyler Murray, it's kind of the similar thing. He's got his dad who I'm, I've yet to hear a single person tell me a positive thing about his dad uh, advising him. And
1: I can find you somebody that'll say something positive. I can
2: find you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a person guy. out there. Um, you but, you know, it's just, uh, it, is he had the right people whispering things in his ear? Um, you know, the right things and to do the right things. And what happens when uh, the wrong team drafts him? Is he going to say, yeah, I think I'm going to go back and do baseball. You know, I just there's so many layers to this Kyler Murray evaluation, um, and we haven't even talked about the on-field stuff. So
1: it's is, it's is really he, gonna be interesting. I don't know the last guy that had this much uh, leverage or at least perceived leverage going into the NFL draft. Where it's like, yeah, I'm 100% committed. I mean, yeah, sure, I have a backup plan for millions right. of dollars, but yeah, I'm all in on football. And then a team interviews him, and they're like, hey, we're probably gonna pick you. What if he were like, yeah, here's like, I don't, I don't want to play for you. So, mm-hmm. like, if you picked me, it's cool, but I have this sweet baseball contract, and I'm going to play. So, I'd really like to be a insert team name. And like, if that didn't happen, I guess I'd go take my four and a half million dollars and play baseball. Can he? Can he do that even after the draft? I guess I don't know how that A's thing works. Well,
2: he had to give back the signing bonus, the money he already had. He got two
1: hundred grand to keep for uh, is the number I saw, which is right. Mine's.
2: But he had to give back like 1.3 million, something like that. And the other three, they just don't pay him And right, March. But so I'm sure there's something that, because the A's aren't giving up. I mean, they own his rights. Right. So if
1: the draft came and went and somebody picked him that he didn't want to play for, yeah. they he'd he still goes, be like, hey, Oakland, can I get that other 3 million yeah. and I'll see you at spring training?
2: Who's to say? I'll see it at single A. Yeah. What, if the, what if the Raiders draft him? And he, he says, you know what? I'm just going to drive across town and play for the A's. Because you know what? I don't want to be a Raider.
1: Uh, and as a Raider, he wouldn't start in year one, right? You would give Derek Uh, Carr one more shot at it. Right. Unless they they, replace him.
2: Unless the Raiders traded Carr.
1: I don't know. I wonder if you're Kyler, would you want to be picked by, let's say Jacksonville gets Nick Foles just for fun. They Mm -hmm. trade for Nick Foles. I'd be,
2: I mean, I think that's going to happen.
1: And they draft Kyler Murray. If you're him, would you rather that? Or do you think he's like, no, I'm. Like I want to play. I want to play right now.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly, I I don't even like. I can't put myself in his mind because I don't know what he really thinks. Dad? Yeah, exactly. I think, think? he's. I, I think he's being told a lot of things, and he's just a young, immature kid who really doesn't know what he wants. And I, you know, I would love to believe he's 100% committed towards the NFL, and that's what he really wants to do. But I don't think I'm not that naive. So you know, I, maybe I'm too cynical. I don't know. But with uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, it's it's something that's gonna it's gonna command the the draft topics. I mean, I'm sure people are sick of it already, but it's not gonna go away. Especially the combine. Uh, you know, does he measure in, or does he say, look, I got, I'm short. I'm not gonna give you guys numbers to put next to me. Um, it, you know, this is a guy who's used to using leverage. Uh, to kind of advance himself. Is he gonna do it at the combine? Yeah, we we'll have to find out.
1: Okay, so outside of that, I do have about a million questions built up for us. Okay. Uh, for our Trust the Tape episode here. But is there anywhere else that we need to hit? We've hit the, the headlines of college football at this point. We you just need to and Kyler Murray.
2: Touch on the combine. Um, the list came out, uh, 338 names. Um, of course, every year there's going to be snubs. Uh, on average, over the last five years, 35 players every year get drafted who were not at the combine. So those that didn't get their combine invite, the dream's not over.
1: How does like a... Uh, Penny Hart, which is a yeah. name I heard. Who's the number one so snub. So Senior Bowl week, yeah, which is supposedly, like you would think, every good player at the Senior Bowl is going to be at the Combine. You would think. And every day I just kept hearing nobody can cover Penny Hart. No, Penny he's Hart's awesome. Penny Hart's yeah. amazing. And he's not. Like, are they making Combine lists three months ago?
2: Oh uh, yeah, the seniors. Yeah, surely I mean, that's, that,
1: that they, needs to be made after the Senior Bowl.
2: They're so no, they don't. They really don't make a lot of adjustments. They're so married to their preseason grades, and that's yes, stupid. there's they fluctuate a little bit during the season. Why don't they pay you to make the list by December? It's the seniors are pretty much cut and dry. But then we have the underclassmen, and that's where some of these underclassmen. Because remember, Penny Hart was a redshirt junior who came out. And so the underclassmen who come out kind of get squeezed a little bit. It's a numbers game. Same thing happened with uh, Darwin Thompson from so the State. So much hate
1: on Georgia State happening here. But, I mean, good. it's a good thing
2: that the Senior Bowl has this redshirt junior rule where Penny Hart was able to go to Mobile and have that week where he basically had his combine in Mobile um, and... You know, had a had a great week, very productive. No one could cover him, and he showed what he could
1: do. Um five eight, one eighty, and size isn't great, but... I'm glad he's not at the combine, because you know what that means? I'm looking at his numbers now. And this wasn't his biggest year this year, but no. 2017, he has 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah, his and this, freshman year was great. This year, he's the punt returner, it looks like, or at least part of the time, he's a punt returner, 17.6 per return with a touchdown. Great. I'll take Penny Hart on my team late. Don't well, go to the combine.
2: It's funny cuz I this combine snub list, which you can find the full list on the Athletic. Um I went through it with a scout buddy of mine and uh, it's funny I'm going over these names and he's like, "Oh man, I'm glad that that, that guy didn't go." I was like, what? He's like, "Yeah, we like him a lot. <laughs> yeah, we can get
1: him, yeah. yeah, yeah that'll be d- great." Don't
2: put him on that stage at the combine. Let him keep getting underrated. Maybe we can get him around later. That is awesome. So, yeah, the, but the other snubs, um you mentioned Penny Hart, he was the biggest one. Darwin Thompson from Utah State. He's that Tariq Cohen type of running back. Um, you know, he's a day three guy. Uh, some of the some of the guys that really showed at the East-West Shrine and the Senior Bowl. Uh, West Hills, he was at NFLPA. Then the Senior Bowl. Uh, Ozy Go, Go... I can't even say his I'm name. sorry? The Nebraska running back. Okay. Um, he's uh, a guy that got uh, snubbed. Bushel Beatty, um, offensive tackle from Michigan. Um... Landis Durham, AM, and m Derek Roberts, same Houston State. He uh, to tackle at a few. Michael Dogby, especially, from Temple. Ricky Walker from Virginia Tech. That was a puzzling one. Khalil Hodge from Buffalo, linebacker. All he did was tackle everybody. He, had th- he was a JUCO guy, played three seasons at Buffalo, had 421 tackles. Um, not bad. We will not see him at the Combine. Another underclassman who got squeezed out. Clifton Duck from App State. Uh, and then safety, uh, Delvon Randall, surprised, uh, from Temple. He will not be uh, at the combine. Uh, So those are just a few names. Uh, It's you know, like I said, last year thirty-eight non-combine invites got drafted, and you know there's more underclassmen or uh, undrafted players in the NFL than there are day three draft picks. That's
1: okay. They can go play in the uh, AAF. Yeah, be great.
2: And the XFL next year. Hey,
1: my guy, uh, my guy, Luis Perez is tearing it up out there.
2: Yeah, good for him. Birmingham
1: Iron. He, uh, Can you play your way into the NFL from the AAF. Yeah, Let's go, baby. Let's go. You never know. Can't rule it out. That's why you. That's why those guys are playing because they want to get noticed. So. Garrett Gilbert. Let's get in the league, baby.
2: Why not AJ okay. Murray
1: or Aaron Murray? Uh, well, Aaron Murray was the worst quarterback in the league. Was he? league. I didn't yeah. watch
2: it. I didn't watch a single minute. Oh, I'm minute. sorry.
1: Christian Hackenberg was okay. the worst. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, that's believable. Hackenberg was the worst.
1: But yeah, it was Garrett Gilbert <laughs> and Luis Perez. Did you
2: watch a lot of those games?
1: Uh, I watched the Sunday evening game. Okay. And yeah, here we go. I got you. I got your AAF breakdown. If you missed it, I hope they have more than one broadcasting team because I only watched the one game. What channel was it on? And in that game, NFL Network. Okay. And in that game, uh, Marvin Lewis was in the booth as the extra color guy. It was him Oof. and Maurice Jones-Drew doing color. Ugh. And Marvin Lewis Oof. is the anti-Tony Romo. <laughs> like it was a, it could be a sixty-yard touchdown, and Marvin's like, "It was a good separation. You finished the catch. That's good." <laughs> yep and That's then like the play-by-play guy's like oh they're going downfield and here it is i know it's a <laughs> touchdown they're gonna go up by six." and marvin's like a good execution gotta execute the plays and they did that i think like guy like, that was coaching a few weeks ago oh my god it was the least energy ever in a broadcast and too many of the guys can't catch mm. i saw the official number but while watching the game i was like good god this poor quarterback is making these throws on third and eight he's dropping dimes It's like doink mm. And then I saw Pro Football Focus ran the numbers, and they're like, yeah, the drop rate was almost 17% in the AAF this weekend. That's rough. So the football's got to get better. Football has
2: to get better. It's the only way they're going to keep fan interest, and it's going to come down to quarterbacks. They need good
1: quarterback play. Uh, I need dynamic offensive weapons, which in that one game, watching it, I was like, I don't see one. That's tough,
2: because if if you're a dynamic offensive weapon, why are you not in the NFL? Well,
1: then find a bunch of 5'7 guys. Find all the treat Coens and be like, listen, we're going to find guys that can make plays. Yeah, (laughs) That's what we're going to do. Oh, yeah, so the AAF, I'll keep watching. Mm. I'll watch. I like football. Uh, Okay, speaking of the combine, I want to transition to questions because we have a guy who would like to flip the script on what you just did. This is mean. Dane doesn't like to do this. Uh But Jason on the tweeter says, with the focus on snubs for the combine, flip the script. Who are the most questionable invites taking spots from better prospects? Hmm. Do you know that off the top of your head of 300-and-something names? Like, I don't know if I would invite him.
2: I think there were a few surprises. Um, Yeah, and I don't want to say, like, this guy should not have been invited. There were definitely a few names that, you know, made me double-check just to make sure. Um, But, you know, like the... Is it usually big school guys? Like, Bama gets an extra three invites? Well, sometimes, but like Texas, they have a corner, Devontae Davis, who... You know he he struggled a lot this year. Um, bigger physical guy, he's not going to run really well. Um, kind of surprised he got an invite, uh, but I mean it's one of those things where it's you know good for him because you know it he didn't have maybe a great year and you know I don't know how high teams are actually on how high they are on him, but um, you know it's it's more of a it's more of a pleasant surprise because it's an opportunity because to go to the combine get noticed and you know it's. You're playing with with house money because I don't think there's a lot expected of you anyway. So, um, I don't know. I don't want to call out anyone that should not have been invited, but there, there were a few of you. Good
1: job, Dane. Way to dodge it. You can just shoot a DM to uh, to at the uh, draft. <laughs> think of it this way. Just let them
2: know. Last year there were 118 players draft or invited to the combine that went undrafted. So there are going to be there are plenty of names that were invited that probably sure enough.
1: Alex on the tweeter says, "What school has the best draft class this year? Bama." Uh, Clemson. I say
2: Clemson. Georgia. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State's up there. Um, yeah. I'm trying to
1: think. Is like, okay, so Bama, first-rounders, left tackle, maybe their linebacker, maybe the running back, <laughs> Uh. maybe the safety. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple of D-linemen.
2: I would say definitely one of the D-linemen. Yeah,
1: one d lineman for sure. Maybe another one. Yeah, I so mean. So up to six, maybe four. Yeah,
2: with the underclassmen, Alabama is <laughs> definitely up there. Uh, Clemson, uh, with every, all four on their defensive line. Um, you know, Mitch Hyatt at left tackle. They've got uh, a linebacker get drafted. Um, but I mean, really, it's it's the usual suspects.
1: Ohio State has two or three receivers. Yeah, and
2: they've I mean, with the underclassmen that came out for Ohio State. Even a guy like Kendall Sheffield, who was not a good college cornerback, but he's going to the combine, going to run a four three, and probably go in the third round because uh, he's a top tier athlete. And programs like Ohio State get those guys. Uh, former Alabama transfer. So you know, it, it's it's the usual suspects. I don't think there's necessarily a. I, I think one. Maybe one school that's not considered a powerhouse that's going to be well represented early, Mississippi State, um, with Jeffrey Simmons, who's a top 10 pick. Um, You have Montez Sweat, the pass rusher, who's going to be a top 20 pick. Elgin Jenkins, the center slash guard, could be a first rounder, probably somewhere in the top 40, top 50. Uh, Jonathan Abram, the safety, he's in there too. So, uh, Mississippi State, not known as the powerhouse, uh, but they'll definitely be well represented on Draft Day.
1: Okay, so this one is one of my favorite topics, and it's from hashtag hashtag on Twitter. His name is a hashtag and then the word hashtag. Define potential character and physical flaws. That would take a first rounder down to the second and third rounds, and why? And this is one of my favorite things about the draft mm-hmm. and about the NFL, and why, whatever, I don't care how arrogant it sounds, you and I could outdraft most NFL teams. Because I think, so. I, I think there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to make it about age, but I think there's a lot of old school people where it's like, that's it, the prototype. If they're not like that, then mm-hmm. they're not first rounders, they're not second rounders, they're not third rounders, whatever. Uh, and two of my favorites, who went probably between three and four rounds too late so far since I've been doing this, was Desmond watching, watching Desmond King at Iowa. Yeah. And I was like, well, he's not big enough, quote. He's not, quote, big enough. Right. And he's a tenth of a second too slow in the 40, and he's a freaking awesome player.
0: Right. So,
1: like, I would look at it in the second round and be like, holy crap, his 40 time and his height just got us an awesome player in the second. He made it to the fifth. Yeah. In the NFL, every team waited until the fifth round to pick a freaking stud. Yeah, And then the other one for me was Xavier Woods, who's now a starter for the Cowboys at safety, and he got to the sixth round. Why? Because he was at La Tech, he wasn't an elite athlete, and he wasn't super big. Like, oh, sorry, you're just not that good. Right. What are we doing? Like, the NFL just misses on so many really good football players because they're like, well, huh. he doesn't run a 4-4, and he's not six two two fifteen. What are we going to do with him? Let him play football. Yeah. They're learning though. That's why Kyler Murray's gonna go in the first round. Yeah. They're learning. Teams are thinking more outside the box. But teams are teams are weird. Teams are weird at evaluating talent. And the character stuff is stuff that you'll know that I won't because you talk to so many people. Like I was watching uh Colorado State's wide receiver Ugh. the other night. And uh at the end of it, we look around at our little group of guys that are watching, and they're like, Where'd you put him? I was like First round. (laughs) What? I was like, first round. Yeah. But Dane tells me I think a lot of teams will probably just be out all the way, so it's going to be weird on draft night when I've got my little board, and I'm like, well, i got a first rounder left. Here we are in the fourth, and nobody's picked, uh, what's his name, Preston Williams. Is that right?
2: Yep.
1: And he's awesome. He's 6'3", what, 210? Won't
2: be at the combine.
1: The way he moves is freaking awesome for his size. He makes incredible outside-the-frame catches, and he's just a stud. Yep. I know there's a domestic violence incident in the past, I don't know what else is order. there, I, but he, apparently there is a lot because a lot of teams appear to be like, no, thank you. It wouldn't be surprising if he went undrafted.
2: Like, it's that bad. But, you know, I mean, Kareem Hunt just got signed, so...
1: Hey, are they can they trade Duke Johnson? Or they, is this long-term where it's like, yeah, Kareem will be suspended, but we'll have him on the roster and we'll just see what happens. It's a one-year deal, and he and might... And then he'll be a restricted free agent. And he might play six games this year. Who
2: knows? how yeah. many game, because he's going to be suspended, so... I want Duke. Duke's not going anywhere. Come on, man. No, Duke's a... What do they wrong.
1: need with Kareem Hunt you already have your runner. You have your receiver. What do you need with Kareem Hunt?
2: NFL. It's all about attrition. I know. And it just with Hunt, you just don't know how much he's actually going to contribute to you. But, uh, you know, they're, they're going to own his rights. Um, but, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, guys like Preston Williams, it's we're, we see it every year where guys slip because of certain things, whether it's the medical, whether it's character. And the Combine's going to be a big part of that where we figure these guys. You know, it was at the Combine last year when we realized, uh, oh, Maurice Hurst got a heart issue, really. Okay. Well, do we, do and we even him with that,
1: a, why would you make it to the seventh round? Like the NFL's doing that wrong. This, yeah. if you have, if you have a oh, he was a fifth. Yeah. Okay. I still think that's that's eh, maybe a round or two too late. Like there is a yeah. risk factor. Sure. But if you're the team that's like, hey guys, we're willing to put him on the field and we think he'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then he's worth a three.
2: And that's the thing. If you're willing, because to draft he's a him one. The, yeah. I, I I agree. If you're willing to draft him in the fifth, I'm surprised he didn't go earlier. But I mean, because you don't. If you think he's going to die out there, then you're not going to draft him. <laughs> right. You know, his situation was so unique. And if his so doctors unique. think he's going to die out there, they wouldn't let him play. Exactly. So that situation was so unique. But every situation is because these guys are so different. They're off-field. their backgrounds. It's it's what makes a draft fascinating and why continually every single year we see guys where, you know, they are able to overcome odds and be better players than people thought and like the NFL draft, a lot of teams, most teams enter the NFL draft with the goal of minimizing risk, you know, and that's something that I understand, you know, because you're talking about jobs on the line, you know, general manager, you have, you know, 20 people working for you in the personnel department, many more, you know, the coaches and other support staff, jobs are on the line. And so it's more about minimizing risk and, you trying to maximize on what you feel good about and what has worked in the league before so it's not as a you know it's not a black and white issue in terms of you know clear-cut you know the kind of the way we're talking about it there's a lot of gray in scouting and in the NFL draft and that's part of what makes it so interesting
1: Bill Carroll on Twitter is looking for the best slot corners in this class where are the Desmond Kings who are they
2: slot corner specifically slot corner I don't like a guy like Byron Murphy from Washington is not specifically a slot corner, but I think he'd be a terrific one in that role. Um, best slot corner.
1: I'm looking for my guys that are too short, Dane. Yeah, I mean, or, like... A, who are the 5'9 guys? A
2: David Long from Michigan, I think, could do that because he's physical, um, a little undersized. I think he'd be okay in that role. Maybe Julian Love from Notre Dame. Um, another guy who isn't the biggest, not the fastest, but he's really composed with his footwork. He, you know, very smooth mover. I think he would make some sense there. Um, the guy we talked about, Kendall Sheffield, a guy who's a speedster, uh, he, that might be an area where he could uh, end up surviving. But for the most part, these guys are tall, long. That's the type of corners in this class, starting with Greedy Williams, all the way down to, you know, Rakia Joe Wan Williams, Travion Mullen, Lonnie Johnson, uh, you know, it's a it's a class of bigger, longer corners more so than the undersized
1: guys, and that's kind of the way that it's gone, and eventually it, w- it will go back. True, because yeah. we're not seeing as many six four wide receivers coming out, so eventually the goal is going to be to cover yeah. the six foot guy. That's it. Who changes direction and run routes, and all of a sudden our corners are going to be five ten again.
2: Yeah, you don't want Lonnie Johnson one on one on an island versus Marquise Brown. You know, it's it, that's not what you want, but you know, it's something that uh, yeah, it's cyclical, and it's something that uh, you know. Offense defenses are reacting to the offense and offense is reacting what the defense is doing and yeah that definitely manifests itself on draft day
1: mid-round running back targets and thoughts on Elijah Holyfield the Georgia back from Michael on the tweeter
2: really like Holyfield with I mean he plays how you would expect the son of a heavyweight boxer to play <laughs> you know I mean just hard nose tough physical guy. Um, my big question with him is the vision and just the feel as an inside runner. His best runs really came when he bounces it outside. And he's a, he's a good athlete, not a great athlete. He's not going to make a living in the NFL bouncing runs outside. Uh, but his vision inside is what really worries me. He, he missed holes uh, when you watch the, the All-22 tape. He's uh, you know pick, kind of picking and choosing where he goes. You don't see enough patience there. So I have some questions about him being a viable you know, featured back in the NFL, but yeah, put him on my team. I'll, I'll you know, put him part of my committee and be just fine. I love the physical hard-nosed
1: nature. Because of where we record this podcast, because yep. I work for 105.3, the fan, the home of the Cowboys and DFW, I got multiple, multiple requests for Dane's thoughts on little Jordan Humphrey and where he could go and where he fits in the NFL, the Texas wide receiver.
2: Big slot receiver, uh, and and is you know, that what
1: he does at the next level? I think, stage, I think right so. there. so.
2: I think so. And this, is he gonna have a speed issue? He gonna be a four six? I think more like a four five six, four okay. five seven, something like okay. that. Yeah, I mean not terrible, but yeah, I know, we'll have to see what he runs. This is a guy who's a former running back in high school, and you see that because when he has the ball, he's a tough guy to get on the ground. It's a chore for defenders to ground him. Uh, but I think what he he's not great in terms of his routes. Um, you know, he's not going to. Uh, create easy separation, but I think what he does best is he finds those open zones. A lot of crossers. Find, he's able to, you know, make plays in between layers of the defense. He's a tight end. I mean, yeah. I mean, kind That's kind of how you use him. Except you're not going to put him in line, and you're going to keep him detached. Uh, but he's that big slot receiver. Jay Sternberger. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, Sternberger's got a little more juice, I think. But with with Humphrey, he's uh, you know a guy that high points really well. And maybe the most impressive thing, especially for a former running back, I didn't, I didn't see him drop many balls. I mean, there was, I watched four games, uh, four tapes, and he had one double catch, and he, and he finished the catch. So, is a guy who's very pretty consistent catching the ball. And uh, there's a lot to like with little Jordan Humphrey. Now he's got a little baggage, um, you know, some weed issues, um, some butt heads with court, with uh, coaches in the past. So you have to be comfortable with the character. And I think it's more of a maturity thing. He's just a young kid. He doesn't turn 21 until April. So I think he's just more of a young kid and more than a bad guy, anything like that. Um, but I think somewhere between rounds three and four, you're looking at him and it's kind of a specialized role. Not everyone's going to want that big slot receiver, but uh, I mean, if, if a team has that need, I think he would make sense uh, somewhere in the, you know whether he gets in the top 100 or, you know, goes early fourth round.
1: Chris on the Facebook wants to know, here's his question. Oregon players. Sign me up for uh, Dylan Mitchell. Yeah. I'll take him for sure. Uh, is, you watch this tape? I have. Is late too too early for Dylan Mitchell? The no, Oregon I receiver. don't think so. I
2: mean, I think he's he just missed my top ten wide receivers. Um, I
1: don't think he has the best hands in the class. But I don't you know, think he has the best catch radius in the class. I'd agree. But I think he'll, he can do a pretty good job getting separation. I can line him up inside or out, I think. Uh, good he's, on the he's side. Nelson, I, he's
2: Nelson Aguilar. That's, I think he's a carbon copy of Nelson Aguilar. Okay. He'll, he'll have some drops, but he's, you're not worried about the athleticism. Um, you know, you can play him slot, You can play him outside. I saw him against Byron Murphy, and he didn't have yeah. too much
1: of an issue getting open.
2: Yeah, he did a nice job. So I think, yeah, you worry about just the consistency as a finisher, but as an athlete, yeah, you don't really worry. And he's a young kid. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see him go back and get better with Justin Herbert, but yeah, I think somewhere he's going, I think he's going to go day 2, it's just a matter of where he falls in the wide receiver pecking order.
1: While watching every ball that was thrown to Mitchell this year, I don't think Herbert made a terrible decision going back.
2: Oh no, he, he's th- not no, there's a no thrower I
1: thought he was. He
2: needs he needs a lot of development. There's no doubt. But I mean, I he would have been the first quarterback drafted. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. Well, but, then, uh,
1: let me rephrase that. He made a huge mistake going back. <laughs> but for, Take
2: your money, kids. For the long term, he might have probably made the best decision because he's got a chance to go back and get better and you know just be better for the long term. Um, other Oregon players, I, I think Justin Hollins is a guy that doesn't get talked about enough. Outside pass rusher uh, who can do a little bit of everything. More of a specialized guy. He's probably going to be best in a 3-4 uh, stand-up nickel rusher. Um, I, he's going to be outstanding value if he lasts until day three. Uh, Jalen Jelks, a pass rusher who probably gonna, going to get drafted earlier uh, than Hollins. I'm not as big of a fan as other people. Um, I just don't see a power element to his game, and that really worries me. Um, really lean, linear athlete. But, um, you know, I, if he, he has some promise as a pass rusher. I just don't see enough play strength. Uh, and I think that really worries me in terms of his pro transition. So I think those are the three main Oregon guys to look
1: at. Jotaker. On the tweeter, as a betting man, over or under three and a half QBs in the first round? I think Kyler, Haskins, of course, and then do Daniel Jones and Drew Locke both make the first? Drew Locke makes the first, right?
2: Where where we are right now, I probably lean the over. I don't feel great about it just because it's... I don't think... Because
1: you wouldn't take four in the first round.
2: No, I wouldn't. And I don't think this is a great quarterback. It's... People, I, I think, get on this quarterback class a little bit too much. Is it great? No. Is it good? No. Is it terrible? No. It's somewhere in between terrible and good, you know. And it, it's so, it's it, it, you know, I, there's things I like about Dwayne Haskins. There's obviously things I like about Kyler Murray. Things I like about Drew Locke and Daniel Jones. Enough to all four go in the first round. I all four made my latest mock. Uh, Daniel Jones barely made it at thirty-two to the Patriots.
1: Haskins and Murray are the first rounders.
2: To me. Uh, yeah, to I me. Th- I think so. And even then I I would my they would be 4 and 5 if they were in last year's draft class for me. Yeah. I but so uh, I might be 5 and 6. Oh, you had Lamar Jackson I. Uh, I would,
1: well, I would take no. I like I like Kyler. They would be Kyler 4 and Mar- 5. They would be 4 and 5 because Kyler's an infinitely better thrower than Lamar. Yes, yeah, not even close. And that I I like I like Kyler a lot more. I think
2: interesting with Kyler is going to be there I tell you right now. The thought of Arizona drafting Kyler Murray is not going to go away. That's going to be talked about at length in the next few months.
1: Oh, Rosen's going to love that.
2: Well, and the question is going to be, do they try and unload Rosen and Cliff takes... Would they really do that? I, at the senior bowl, I was told not to rule it out. Okay. It seems like a long shot. It does. But I was told not to rule it out. And, I mean, Rosen, yeah, I mean, I, he showed some promise as a rookie, but... Still, it was pretty disaster first year, and you know the coaching staff that was a part of it. Supporting cast, offensive oh, line. If you, if
1: you think you could get away with it, and you think you could recoup about what you spent on Josh Rosen, that's and that's spend a Spend it again yeah. on Kyler, and have any sort of assets gained? Might not be a terrible idea. Well, and I mean, we thought we were done with the whole,
2: you know, Josh Rosen character stuff after he was drafted by the Cardinals, but here we are.
1: What if you can trade Rosen? about what you got before you could trade down from wherever you are and still take kyler and that's risky yeah i guess you don't play games with quarterback that's it you'd have to know you'd have to know for sure like hey we can move down five spots get him and add a two or next year's one but that would be that'd be a fun haul and then kyler could go play on a terrible football team i don't want that i
2: don't know with cliff who knows cliff kingsbury
1: yeah, I guess it would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. We got one back, we got four wide, and let's party. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald might stay around four more years. <laughs> yes, I'm in. Okay, I'm in on that. Uh, let me see here. Unsweet or sweet tea from Dan O'Davis? Gross. No tea. No tea. Ooh, we're both no tea? No tea, That's no coffee. to be unpopular. We're going to lose some, subs- some subscribers on this. Coffee? No coffee. No coffee. Oh, no. Coffee. no. Sorry, guys. I'm a spark guy. I'm a, a spark Spark What's spark? Uh, it's a... Uh, energy drink yeah it's an energy drink okay so I, I, I drink energy drinks
2: are kind of like hit
1: me up on facebook jeff cavanaugh I'll hit follow and like thanks
2: energy drinks are kind of like our generation's cigarettes like we know it's probably bad for us but we still do it
1: yeah whatever i don't worry about we'll it.
2: find out in 30 years we
1: gotta wake up crunchy or creamy from amanda Guerra.
2: i hope wait that name sounds familiar
1: huh uh i'm a creamy guy I'm a creamy peanut butter guy. Oh, peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a creamy peanut butter guy. I don't, I don't like the crunchy. I don't like that texture. Uh, do you have a lot of peanut butter? Like, do you not a, a lot of PB and Js? No, 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 no. Okay. But I'll occasionally have some peanut butter, and if On toast? I do, I yeah, I just I don't want. Uh, I like ketchup. I don't like tomatoes. I oh, like I'm peanut butter. I don't like peanuts. That's so like, weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But you
2: like Reese's. Uh,
1: yes. I like okay. peanut butter. I don't like peanuts. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. It's
2: a texture. So, so you don't. be' on like a payday.
1: No, no. I'd never eat a payday. I'd never eat a Snickers. I'd okay. never eat a, anything with nuts in it. No. Which so if you're going candy bar, I need your uh, your your Twix, your Kit Kat. Yeah, the things that have a wafer or caramel, okay. but not not the nuts. No nuts for Jeff. No nuts. Oh, uh, this isn't
2: uh, a question we received, but. Um, we talk about fast food on here, and I think you and I are both well versed in the fast food. Universe. No, I'm way
1: out on fast food. What? Yeah, just I. Okay, so I, th- I, I don't know you anymore. I have slipped back into pretty much every breakfast is fast food, but I've done a better job of bringing my lunch. When I texted and you this morning dinner. and said, "Hey, How's it hey. Jack in the Box. Okay, they got a new grilled sourdough Swiss breakfast sandwich. What are you going to do? How was it? It was really good. Okay. 580 calories. So I'm going to do some push-ups. When I was Should've. in Mobile, I went. I tried my
2: first Bojangles.
1: Pretty decent chicken. I, I heard I heard about it.
2: I was disappointed. It's okay. The next two days, I went to Chick-fil-A, and it was a lot better.
1: Well, Chick-fil-A's special.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're not going to beat. I mean... But Bojangles, it's not close to Canes. It's not close to Chick-fil-A.
1: Yeah, I want to be careful, because I want somebody to, one of these years, sell the podcast so we aren't doing this for free for that's the true. 18th straight year. But so I don't want to belittle anyone, and I know that Canes does Canes sometimes buy ad time. Uh, man, that's a lot of sodium. I can so taste good. I can taste the explosion of sodium with every bite, and it's delicious. It is great. It's really good. I don't do the cane sauce. I've never tried it. You what? know why? That color turns me off. I don't like orangish sauces. It's
2: brownish. I just like, get, like, it looks like a brown mustard. I
1: get ketchup. I hate mustard.
2: I, I hate mustard too, but yeah. cane sauce is so good. Yep. Are right, any other good questions?
1: Um, there are other questions. This guy's a cowboy question. Switching Collins to left guard and Williams to right tackle? I would. I don't know if they will. I would.
2: Yeah, it doesn't sound like they're interested in that.
1: Lyle Collins shouldn't be long for the team. He's making $10 million and his contract's up. You shouldn't be too worried about long-term with him. Play him at guard, move on with your day. Is there a top five offensive lineman to be had in the second round? It's a cowboy question, but it could work for anybody.
2: A top five, off, like a guy that's going to be drafted, like the first five offensive yeah, like linemen off the one of the, the board? five
1: best offensive linemen in this draft that you can get in the second round.
2: I don't think so. I think the top five offensive linemen, they probably all tackles. Um, and there's a good chance all five go in the first round. And that's the thing is there's, I posted my top 10 tackles, uh, on the athletic, uh, with full skyrim reports, you can check that out. And as part of it, I pulled 12 different people and asked who would be the first tackle drafted. I, six were scouts, three were, um, agents and then three people in the media who I think are you know pretty plugged in with what's going to happen. Uh, the votes I got back was like five for Cody Ford, three for Jonah Williams, two for Jawan Taylor, and then two for Andre Dillard. Uh, so, you know, it's it's widespread who, you know, the, the order of these tackles this year, no consensus. We'll have to see if that changes at all after the combine. But, um, you know, those names I mentioned, Jonah Williams, Cody Ford, Jawan Taylor, Greg Little, Andre Dillard, good chance all five are top 25, top 30 picks. So I don't see a top five offensive lineman being there in the early second round. Uh, but I, I do like this offensive line class a lot. I, I think that in the first two rounds... You have a very good, if you don't get in the first round, you have a very good chance of landing one in the second round. Uh, There are a lot of starter, future NFL starters on this uh, line, inside and outside.
1: Last one, Jay Sternberger, Texas A&M tight end. Legit option for somebody in the late second round, or do you think you could get him all the way in the third
2: I think you could last to the third, but if you're a team like, say, the Cowboys, for example, who are picking in the late second. That and, wasn't a Cowboy question. And are looking at a tight end. You gotta pick them there. You have to take them in the second round. Of and my names to, would be
1: Sternberger and Nata.
2: Those would be mine too. Um, I think, you know, the top three, we talked about this last week, yeah. I think. Top three, the two Iowa kids in Alabama. And they then go home. in the second round. If you need a tight end, you're looking at Sternberger. Uh Notta is more of your blocker. Sternberger is more of your receiver. And even after that, there are some options. So it's a it's a pretty loaded tight end group.
1: That's it. We're done. Everybody we follow done. Dane Brugler at DP Brugler. Uh, I actually require you to follow me on seven social medias. So on Facebook, just Jeff Kavanaugh on Twitter at JC1053, and on Instagram at Time for Jeffrey. I require all three. And tell your friends that Trust the Tape is the best podcast in the country. I don't know if it counts if you listen to it multiple times, but try it. Do it. See if our numbers go up. That would be incredible. We love you. We're getting close to the draft now. You got to be here. Uh, We will talk to you next week on Trust the Ticket.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?